Hi, Throng. It's Pete. You know, Pete Feliciano. Um, I'd like to talk to you about something. It's, it's kind of important, near and dear to my heart. Um, we need to help out SK. I know you think that he's beyond help, um, but we need to help him out. Uh, if you'd like to support the abomination that you're hearing right now or that you've heard in the past for some reason you've come back, um, there is something that you can do that won't cost you anything. Number one, go to skmorton.com. Okay, that's the first thing you do. So put away the Facebook for two seconds, put away the Tinder, put away the Instagram, go to skmorton.com. Second thing you do is you click on the Amazon button on the homepage. All right, that's the second thing you do. The third thing is you shop as you would normally. So for, I don't know, new friends or new new pastimes rather than listening to this podcast. There's a lot of like badminton. You know, badminton is a great game. Um uh, Amazon would give you a portion of what you spend that time that you sp- spend things to the lousy podcast as sort of a finder's fee. It's that simple. So again, first what you do is you click on skmorton.com and click on the Amazon button on the homepage and then you shop as you normally would. Does that make sense to everybody? Good. Um, and the fourth thing you do, really just move on. He is kind of beyond help. The following is a production of SK Morton Creative. Places, please. Quiet down. And here we go. And roll camera. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SK Morton Lassie San Francisco Podcast. The Cadillac of podcasts in that it's completely useless to people who want to get around San Francisco. (laughs) Get it? Tonight, SK welcomes Harrison Ford, Dennis Hopper, Robert Duvall, and a benefit concert by Billy Graham. Bill Graham! Just kidding. <laughs> and now, the never boring. In fact, he's been described on more than one occasion as a person of interest, Mr. S.K. Morton. <laughs> <laughs> well, Throng, we're in for something tonight. This is going to be something special here. And I don't mean special in the good way. You just heard Pete. He's not here. That was a that was a voice text. Uh, Pete is out gallivanting. He figures he's got one job to do the introduction better than I could, and he's done it. So, eh, you know what? He's earned the right to gallivant. He does a good job. He's a great musician, great artist, uh, talented guy. Sends in the intro. We'll let him gallivant tonight. Let him gallivant. Let him traipse. Maybe even meander. Let him do that for a week or two. When he comes back, we'll just make sure that he wasn't gadding about. But we still wanted to get the intros from him, so thank you, Pete. But, as you probably hear, there's not a lot of of clamor, not a lot of commotion going on here in the the bomb shelter. Um, We don't have a throng in the audience. No Babette, no Squidge, no guests. (laughs) And right now you're thinking, and no dice. It seems to have been dwindling lately, now that I think about it. (laughs) At, At the pinnacle... We had a large group, I would say back at the Lousy Palooza, and since then, uh, interest has been lagging. However, seeing as how I'm here already, the equipment is paid for, uh, Babette expects me to be gone, and uh, I'm here in the, in the bomb shelter. Might as well keep going, I mean, I went to all the trouble of printing up this script that just looked at first glance, yeah, not, it's not grabbing me, and I'm the one who wrote it. But I'm obligated to put something out here, so let's see if we can not stink up the joint. 
I had to make a decision since uh, interest has waned. No, we it's it's been raining. We've got the, I guess the El Nino is here now. And so uh, it became time to see if uh, SK Morton's got the chops to do this and can't rely on the crutch of other talented and funny people. The question becomes, is this going to be interesting with just me talking? There are a handful of guys out there that can do it. Uh, clearly, let's see, we're about two minutes into it now. And I think we have our answer. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and frankly, I'm fairly proud of what we put out there. But um, it's a group thing. It's a group effort. We have a lot of really funny and talented people that come on. And my whole job is just to tell people about the city and kind of keep them corralled. But there's some guys out there that are really good, and they can just go. Mark Marin can go for like two hours just talking by themselves and be very entertaining. I don't think that's the case here. But I want to see how close we can get. Uh, what I decided to do was pick one of the most boring topics I could, and that is weather. San Francisco weather. We are going to actually talk about weather today. And we're going to see how it goes. I figure if this one, if I can get half the audience to continue through the end of this, then we might actually have a chance of making this thing successful. So first, we'll greet the adoring throng. I hope you're adoring. I could use the adoring tonight. But we do want to thank you for listening. We won't make any other introductions because no one else is here. So why don't we go right ahead to our first little uh, novella. Is that loud? That seems loud. Okay, so here we are. This is actually the week of January 11th through 17th. And you know what happened on the 11th? This is not funny news. It's not good news. However, it is interesting news. Well, yeah. It's bad news. I mean, it's not eh, its not shocking news. A 109-year-old man died this week. The man who died, it was an interest, very interesting fellow. Actually, I don't know that he was interesting. Never met him. Um, but his li- And his life, eh, not a lot of twists and turns. But let me, let me explain. William Del Monte, he was the last survivor of the 1906 earthquake. Uh, which is, that's something, you know. We're out. Uh, last year, the oldest surviving member, she was 113 years old, she died. So this made William Del Monte the, not only the, the oldest living survivor, he was the last survivor, and he died this week. Um, he had a good attitude uh, about life, according to the stuff you read. And I can't say, you know, he'll be missed. I, I never met him. But it is an end of a, uh, of a time here. We no longer have that connection to 1906 and the past and all the things I like to talk about here on the podcast and on the, the walking tour. Uh, so this April 18th comes up this year. We won't have any actual survivors. What was also interesting is that this would be encapsulated in the same person. William Del Monte was the son of Angelo Del Monte. And Angelo Del Monte was the founder of Fior d'Italia. Uh, I believe it was 1863 was the founding of Fior d'Italia as an Italian restaurant in, in North Beach. It was actually on Broadway Street. It's the oldest continuously operating Italian restaurant in the United States. Here's the thing with Fiore Italian. It's probably the best restaurant. I take that back. It is definitely the best Italian restaurant in San Francisco. And in North Beach, there's a lot of really good Italian restaurants. But this one has it the way my mom and grandma used to make food. I remember when I was young. Well, frankly, until I was about 12 years old, all we ate was Italian. 
And I remember my mom, the first time my mom tried making enchiladas. It was a brand new thing. She was very excited. She was trying this new ethnic food. But from someone of Italian descent, uh, mother learning from her mother how to make the sauce, who learned from her mother-in-law, because as it was so brilliantly explained in a documentary Scorsese made once about his own mother, the women learn how to make the sauce the way the, their husband's mother made them. Babette still does not. Dude, I have to make the sauce. Babette always wants to put jalapenos in there. So a lot of restaurants, Italian restaurants I've grown up going to, you know you don't order ravioli, you don't order lasagna. It's not going to be like at home. But Fiordi Italia has it down. It's very good. Uh, it is a little pricey, so I don't go a lot. Uh, but if you are looking, when I, have, when I have people on the tour, they'll ask, you know, what, what would be a good Italian restaurant? The question is always, is price an issue? Because if it isn't, Fiordi Italia. And then you go down from there. In any case, it's a well-known Italian restaurant, the oldest Italian restaurant in the United States, best in the city. And here's a guy who's associated with that. His father was the founder of that, and he also lived to be 109 years old and be the last survivor of the earthquake. I find that interesting and delicious. Hey, email me. Tell me if you think it's interesting. All right, so we have another update. Was that an update? It wasn't really an update. It was a little bit of news that happened this week. Also, or didn't happen this week, was Dolores Park. Here's the thing with Dolores Park. It is the haven. It is the gathering place for what longtime San Franciscans hate about short-time San Franciscans. You know what? With that being said here, I want to clear something up here. We're always using the term hipster for the enemy. And this may not be a bad time to define what we talk about on this show, actually. And two things. First of all, they're not the enemy. They're just uh, they're just these pathetic creatures that want desperately to be loved, but uh, really have done nothing to earn it. No, what I'm trying to say is this. We use the term to hipsters, but that's actually a collective term. What we're really talking about is a mix of hipsters, techies, and nerds. They're really three different groups, but we lump them all together because they have so much. They have a collective sameness about them. So what I'm going to do right now is actually try to describe to you what we mean when we say hipster, what we're really talking about. We'll talk about the three groups. First, as a collective, this is what makes them all the same. This is why we clump them together. All The individuals in all three of these groups desperately need to give the appearance that they have it all together. They need to be cool. They uh, can't let any of the fear they go through life with since they've been ch- children. They can't let that show. They have to look like they everything that's happening in their life is exactly what they want. Everything's working great. They've got the good life. They can go on Facebook, post pictures of them by a pool, at the beach. Anything to prove to other people that they're just like other people that they're trying to prove that they're like. But some of the things they have in common, line standing. They love to stand in line, and it's very simple. Why? If they're standing in line, it's evidence to others that they know something. Well, oh, we're in on it. It's, it's the same reason why a busker, once he can get a couple people to stop, can draw a crowd. Because people, well, there must be something. And that's why they stand in line, so that they can give off the appearance that there's something special here. Now, very often... Um, it does come from something that was good. There was, you know, I was complaining for a year about Bob's being taken over by the hipsters, and that's the thing. They are a virus that takes over the host, uses it up, and then leaves it for dead. And that's why it's constantly changing. 
they don't really care whether something is good or not because it may be good when they start, but by the time they leave, it's going to be horrendous. All they care about is that you see them standing in line and therefore it must be good and therefore they must be special. Along the same lines, stupid fashion trends. It's <laughs> When I say stupid, I mean, at first, if a child will point and laugh at you, that's the truth. You look stupid. The Uggs, the Buns, both men and women. The big thing for the men in the last few years, because they'll bounce from, from whatever is cool, whatever they're told is cool, the beards. Remember, there was the lumberjack look that they said they were going for. The problem is a lumberjack doesn't groom his beard. He certainly doesn't get a get a nice high and tight haircut to go along with his beard. If he can if he can find some scissors and cut his the hair on the top of his head, he's going to cut the 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 beard he's got unless he's in a cold environment and he needs his face warm. But that's the difference. When you see the Grizzly Adams, it's out there. It's it's a big thing, but these guys, they have a nice and short, they have a big quaff on the top, nice and gelled so that you can see their earrings, and then they have the waxed mustache with the pear-shaped Nebuchadnezzar beard. Um, now, that's if they're the hipster. Um, the nerds tend to have more of a... It's not quite as kept as the hipster or the techie. The nerd, though, even if he does have it groomed, it's a giveaway that he's a nerd because usually he's wearing corduroy pants that are really struggling to stay over their bulbous hips. So that's what you get. And then you get the buns and the man buns. I say buns and man buns because, ladies, it doesn't look good. It's only understandable if you're doing if you're If you're working out, if you're working in the yard, cleaning up, anything that is not an attractive or an alluring activity, then we'll, we'll allow the buns. But walking around town as if you're something with that stupid bun on your head, and then some of you will actually make fun of the guy buns, which are just as stupid looking, but, but they're, they're both stupid looking. Women have done it longer. There's the Holly Hobby. We've got that. But it's still not good looking, but the man bun is ridiculous, and uh, there's nothing more to say about that. Okay, so these are some of the members, some of the things that are common to all three of these groups. Along the same line as the stupid fashion trends are the stupid food fads. You can see from the different foods that they go to, it's probably about a six-month to nine-month cycle. I mean, in the past, we've had, what was it, the, uh, the toast? You know, the, the, the artist, artisan toast, the, the gourmet toast, uh, cupcakes, the thing that's spelled A-C-A-I, which came after the pomegranate, and then the kale, and then the coconut water, and then we had the Greek yogurt. That was one of the most recent. But my favorite now, I'm hearing all over the place, the ramen noodles. That you got to go to the ramen noodles places. Really? This is the thing we get for 39 cents because we're broke. Now it's the place to be? Well, I understand it's not the same, but come on. No one... Th this is the other thing they all do. They use the word amazing. It's amazing. Really, ramen noodles are amazing? Or are you saying that because you need someone to hear you say the, you've been to the ramen noodle place, and it's amazing. A very an, a, an interesting point about that, too. If they can get away with not purchasing this crap, they won't. In other words, well, I'll give you an example. I go to the Whole Foods, which is a haven for these people. They've got the little cubbies for the different types of bread. You get your French bread, you get your sourdough bread, you got whatever else, because why would you eat anything but sourdough in French? And at the top they have, um, it's sourdough, 
but it's got seeds all over it and in it. I go there the other day. They're all out of French bread. They're all out of sourdough. But the one with the seeds, that's there full. I mean, they've jammed it all in. It would take energy to pull the thing out, and you'd have a an Amos and Andy kind of a deal where everything falls down on you. That's because everyone went in and got the sourdough first. <laughs> they only, they're only going to buy the seeds if they're with another one of them. You'll see this at all the grocery stores. There's the stuff that the, the hipsters, again, the, the large group that we're calling, are supposed to buy. There's always tons of that there. And then there's the stuff that we all want that runs out quickly. Because the buyers think that this is what the hipsters want, when in actuality they just want you to think they want it. Um, so that's some of the food fads, which go along with you know everything they buy. It has to be, it has to be reclaimed, old growth, free-range, locally sourced organic gluten-free artisanal green indie that's those are the those are the adjectives you need to have for all three of these groups also here's another thing that comes along with them they love festivals and cons because you got the three groups you got your, your your hipsters your techies your nerds let's see so the the nerds are the comic-con guys uh the techies are the santa con guys and whatever you know salesforce and Apple and Yahoo and Google and those guys do, and then the hipsters love the street festivals and the and the and the live music and all that sort of stuff. Of course, they don't. Um, they love vinyl because of its ease of use and how the scratches sound better. Um, all of that again, to be seen. We got those groups. I sound a little upset, don't I? I'm just trying to put it out here, but you will constantly find them carrying around Pabst Blue Ribbon. And when we talk about Dolores Park, that's what is left behind, the Pabst Blue Ribbon. And I don't know, I'm not a big beer drinker, but that's not hard stuff, is it? I mean, it's just, it's somewhere between Coors Light and urine, right? Isn't that? So, I I don't know. Um, But again, their talky-talk is not the same as their dewey-do. Then the other things they have in common, they're all tragically insecure. They manifest it in different ways. But they are so insecure because they come wherever they come from. They're not native to San Francisco. That's the thing to keep in mind. They hear about coming to San Francisco and you can be these other things. And they're doing it all because of this insecurity. But at the same time that they're insecure, they're incredibly self-absorbed. And, and I'll break it down between the three of them. You'll see what we're talking about. But... Uh, so you've got insecure, self-absorbed, and then the third ingredient in that neurosis hat trick is that they are self-righteous. Everything that's part of the having to be seen, they're self-righteous in an effort to be special in an absence of merit. They want to stand out. So, okay, so that's what they all have in common. Now, there are the three groups. We'll start with the nerds because that's kind of like your base. That's uh, where everything starts from the nerds because they were... I don't know. It's not that they were teased in school. It's that they did not fit. They were socially awkward, and the nerds never got over that. You know, and it, and it is stereotypical. The fact of the matter is, you see it play out every day. They they never got over being socially awkward, and then it, it it plays right through. Now they could be thirty two years old. They still essentially are pinching girls that they like. Is how it works. Of course, this is anecdotal. But what I hear from women is that they're nerds, they have some money, and they don't know how to act. They don't know. They don't have game, I guess you'd say, <laughs> what the kids would say these days. And therefore, they're very, um, well, they're almost autistic in the way that they speak to women. 
and demand things of women. And it's because they're, they're about to wet their pants when they talk to females. Now, what's interesting is there's not a lot of female nerds. The nerds tend to be exclusively male. And I'll explain that later. But we've laid that groundwork there. They're socially awkward. Another thing that comes with that is because they never put out the energy to fit in socially, they tend to be a little lazy. And I see that in here at the bomb shelter. We share suites of offices, and there's a kitchenette thing. They never clean up after themselves. The chairs are always strewn around. You get on the bus with them, they all just reek of garlic B.O. Because they were, they've were they been taken care of their whole life. They've never had to extend themselves and take themselves out of their comfort zone. And that's where they are when it comes to interacting with other people, when it comes to taking care of the things you need to take care of so as not to be uh, discourteous to others. Uh, their moms made their bed or didn't make them make their bed. She, they fed them. They did their laundry. And so these guys kind of go about not taking care of themselves still into their 30s. Now, here's the thing, though. We've talked about those three things there, the uh, tragically insecure, the incredibly self-absorbed, and then also the self-righteousness. You get that with their culture. They hate everything. That's what makes them special. But what they really hate is stuff that is made just for them. You'll think about entertainment stuff, video games. Um, the big thing is movies. Their culture has taken over. The only movies that are come out now are comic book movies, and they hate every last one. Science fiction, they hate the science fiction movies. The Star Wars movies just aren't any good. The stuff that's based on the young adult. They hate everything, and it's all for them. The only thing they don't hate is Deadpool, which is really signifying the end of all this because what allows them to indulge in what they like is the money that's coming from the rest of us bozos who go to see Iron Man and go, hey, that was pretty cool, I'll go see the next one. And, and they bring in their kids and it's a, it's a family. Right? It's like going to Disneyland. With Deadpool, they demanded it to be more authentic to the, to the comic book, which gives it an R rating, which is going to have fewer a, a smaller audience. And now I've had re read recently that they're even going to be doing a... Uh, the Batman Superman deal is on its on its Blu-ray or DVD is going to have an R version. Eventually, the R stuff is going to take over the comic book movies, which is going to take out the general population. Which means there isn't going to be enough money, no matter how often they camp out in front of the movie theater and go over and over. It's just not going to generate enough of enough revenue for them to keep making the movies. So they're feeding on themselves. It's going to eventually end because of it. Because the stuff that we all think is fantastic, for some reason, just isn't very good because we're not as special as them because of their self-righteousness and an absence of merit. Um, and then the other thing is, with the three groups, they split off politically. The nerds tend to be uh, libertarian because they, uh, well, their heroes are the Bill Gateses and the Steve Jobses and the Larry Ellisonses and uh, those types. So their impact in San Francisco is felt right now. Eventually, they're going to you know, find John Galt, and they'll go move to an island. But right now, uh, the culture that they put out is one of the things that people don't like in San Francisco. Okay, now, the nerd, as we've laid the groundwork, now the next guy is the techie. The techie is a nerd with an inflated ego. See, he learned how when he went to school, he learned actually what he could do, the lies he could tell, and so, so he could get women to like him. Now, he's still a nerd, but he's also an arrogant jerk. Also, they don't have to be like programmers or you know code writers or anything. They're just in the industry, or they're in an adjacent industry that deals with tech. 
incidentally, the women thing. There are women in this field. They like they like to talk feminist, but if you really, <laughs> well, they're they're always trying to prove that they're nerds. So they become very subservient to the nerd culture within the techie environment. Does that make any sense? I'll watch it and I'll see it. They they do the whole. I'm walking around. I'm very secure with myself. I've got got it all together. And then when the guys start, there's no way that Lando's Finn father. You know, at that point, she's gonna no matter what she thinks, she's gonna do, oh okay because I want this guy with a beeswaxed mustache to like me. So that's the thing though. They 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 tend to be like alpha males here in San Francisco, but they can't change a tire. That's true. Uh, out in front of my house, there was a guy with a flat tire in his Jeep on the phone calling AAA while he smoked on the grape-flavored uh, e-cigarette. So, you know, I've said this before. They're alpha males here in San Francisco. Everywhere else in the world, they'd be passed around like an hors d'oeuvre. Wow. I like it better when I have other people here because then I sound like the enlightened one. Okay. Now, the other thing with the techies, male and female... You will not see them alone. They can only leave their house in mass. You'll find them in packs walking around, going to the festivals or going to the bar to watch sports. <laughs> uh, all of that kind of stuff. They only do it in packs when they dress up for whatever they can dress up for. You know, it's Arbor Day. They do it in a group. And if you see one or two of them straggling somewhere... They look so depressed with their costume on because there's no one to say, hey, look at my costume, look at my costume, I'm cool like you guys. And the way that they try to come off as cool is the way they, they, they have a lot of money and they flash around and they talk about it. They talk, you know, on the rare occasions they're on the bus and not on chariot or if you're doing lift line and they're talking, it's always about something they're consuming and it's always amazing. So that's what you have with the techies. Now, the group that we use, the word we use for all of these are the hipsters. They're kind of separate in that they, were, they weren't just nerds. Um, they were outcasts growing up. They came out of that type. And then they hear about the others that are like them, and they come together. And their act to be cool is to, to be just like Steve McQueen. They, I, I have a suspicion that Steve McQueen is their idol. And the unaffected, that's how you come off cool. So that's why we use the term hipster, because they are the hippest of the three, even though they're all essentially the same group. They're just different branches of the same tree. They're unaffected and anti-establishment. You know, just like all of their friends, and this is, of course, what makes them unique, they use their clothing accessories for merit. They got a Paps Blue ribbon in one hand, some sort of cloth bracelet, and usually a beanie just hanging on the back of their head, not unlike Snap of Snap, Crackle, and Pop. The ear gauges, the bracelets, the, the tattoos, the piercings. It's real. It's how very sad for them is what you have to say when you see that. Yeah, as long as they can look different from everyone else but all of their friends, then they're happy with that. And they're constantly changing what they like. They're not like the nerds who hate everything. Or the, the techies who seem to love everything. Everything is amazing. With them, they're constantly changing what they like. Because when the mainstream finds out about something they like, if it's good, then that's going to thrust them into the general population, essentially is what happens. And they can't really handle that being in the general population. They need to have that distance. So then they'll go on to the next thing. So 
Those three groups, I hope I haven't made it too convoluted, but those three groups make up what we refer to on the show as the hipsters. What they are is really very frightened. They're afraid they'll be culled from the herd and then devoured with long-term ties to the city. These are the ones that in addition to we can all put the blame on for destroying whatever it is we like about San Francisco, they're the ones who hang out at Dolores Park. They say to themselves, we're more laid back. They love to compare themselves to New York because they're scared to death to live in New York and Manhattan. San Francisco, they feel comfortable with it. There's more of them. Uh, and they say, oh, we're more laid back. Well, what they mean is we never throw our garbage away in Dolores Park. Dolores Park has been renovated. First, it was the north section. That, I think, June or July of last year was, was reopened, and then they were working on the south section. It's ready to go now. They got the barriers up, and this week... They were going to have the grand reopening. They were going to celebrate it by a big event. It was going to be glow-in-the-dark night event. People wear the glow-in-the-dark clothes, glow-in-the-dark necklaces and jewelry, glow-in-the-dark gerbils. Whatever you have here, it was supposed to glow-in-the-dark, and they were all going to have a good time. But, of course, now um, we've had a slight pattering of El Nino, and uh, everyone's panicked. And so they have put off the grand reopening of the southern part of Dolores Park indefinitely. They have not given a new date. They were supposed to do it uh, Wednesday or Thursday night, and they decided it was raining, and we can't do that. We can't be moist. And so then they, instead of saying, let's try it next Wednesday, all of the weathermen are telling them that it's going to be raining for 40 days and 40 nights. So they're, and so they'll be staying home and watching Downton Abbey, or whatever it is they'll do. Maybe they don't watch Downton Abbey. I don't know. But uh, that's some news for the week. Dolores Park, glow-in-the-dark event, postponed. We do have an update, though. It's another gravely treacherous tour bus update. In November, we had several people injured in Union Square when a tour bus operator, the maintenance on a vehicle that had already been a problem with fires and brakes and other issues, uh, never registered the thing. And they had a crash uh, at the new Apple store across from Union Square. Then in December, uh, out on Embarcadero, some sort of SUV had a a collision with another tour bus. Uh, Eight or nine people were injured on that. And then just this week, a man was actually killed, run over. And some of the witnesses are saying that he was on the side of the bus banging on the window and the driver just kept driving until he drove over the guy. Uh, The guy fell into the wheels and it killed him. He was an older man. The reason why I bring this up, clearly, tour buses are dangerous. According to the math that I've done, you have a 97% chance of dying if you take a tour bus in San Francisco. Now, if you compare that to S.K. Morton's lousy San Francisco walking tour, that figure drops very steeply from 97% to around 73% chance of dying. So, really, you know, for my money, I'd take the walking tour if I were you. We also have business closure update. I don't know how big of a deal this is to people anymore because the people, it's about music. It's uh, Rasputin music, which in the Bay Area, that's the the record store. The big ones went out. Virgin left several years ago. Tower Records closed up. The only thing left is, is Rasputin and Amoeba. And Amoeba is actually opened by former Rasputin employees. They were having a problem with them. In fact, to this day, there's like a there's a rivalry going on between the two stores. A bitter one, not a fun one. If one opens a store somewhere, the other will open one close by to try to compete with it. In any case, down at the cable car turnaround at Powell Street, 
um, which is the big one. That's it's on Market and Powell. It's where the buskers are, the street performers, the big line that goes around. Not far. It's only a couple blocks from Union Square. It was a five-story Rasputin music store. Now, I haven't been in there in a million years, but they had five floors. They had clothing. I know they had CDs. I think they had vinyl, maybe even cassette, and a lot of music stuff, music-related stuff. Just closed down Wednesday. And in fact, there's been no report of why. I mean, we can guess why. The younger people just aren't buying at stores anymore their music. And this is the Powell Street turnaround, which is some pretty expensive real estate. So most likely, they just weren't making the income to pay the rent. I'm not sure how big of a deal this is to people because, A, the young people are the ones who are most into buying new music. I don't know about, you know, I really should find out what the demographic is for this podcast because uh, the newest band I like is the Black Crows. I'm not so much into their newer stuff, but so, so I'm not the guy who goes out and buys music. And the younger people are usually into the newer stuff, but you know, they're getting it online or sharing with their friends or, I don't know, buying it from Brian Cranston. In any case, they're not going to the record stores anymore. So are they listening? So they really care. You know, the ones who would be the target audience, do they really care that it closed? Secondly, they didn't have a good reputation. It was kind of a mess down there. Not very friendly, not pretty chaotic. They did uh, take turns, though. The employees did take turns manning the elevator, which I guess made it cool. So anyway, it closed up. Some people are upset. Some people aren't. Amoeba's not so much. However, the Rasputin down in the hate where Amoeba is, that one's still open. So if you want to find, uh, I don't know, whatever the name of a new band would be, The Bee's Knees, I don't know, is that a thing? Uh, if you want to find The Bee's Knees, or, or I guess they sell old stuff, you, you know, uh, you know, like Captain Tennille. So, you know, uh, if you want to keep them open, then you got to go down and, you know, buy a Captain Beefheart album. I don't know. Or just bong made out of a shoe. I don't know. What do they sell in those places? Go down and take care of that. Otherwise, uh, we'll go to the next thing here. All right. So I'm going to do a commercial here for Bridal Fitness Coach. Try to make it quick. Bridal Fitness Coach. You know, we talk to the brides on this. And we itemize the things they got to spend on. Photographer, caterer, flowers, venue, planner. Pete Feliciano to play his, his dulcet tones. But really what Bridal Fitness Coach is about is looking out for that bride, not just for her wedding day, but for her whole life. It's, it's about that bride's state of mind. It's about that wife's state of mind, that mother's state of mind, that woman's state of mind. Owner trainer Tammy Fox says the goal is to train strong, happy, and healthy women. So to that end, she'll help you look good for your wedding day, but she goes beyond that. She helps you to make a commitment to your health and well-being for the rest of your life. Whether your wedding day is next year or next month, Bridal Fitness Coach is there to make sure you're looking and feeling. Boy, there's no one here. Fabulous. That's... With a Bridal Fitness Coach trainer by your side, you can stop worrying about fitting into that special dress. The way they do it is they provide a tailor-made fitness program that fits your goals, your time frame, and your budget, which is nice. To make it more convenient, you can be trained at a gym with private access or in your home or office. And she doesn't just train the brides. She also can trade the bridal parties and the grooms. For that matter, I would assume, by using that math, maybe the whole bridal party. Did I say bridal party? I was thinking of the girls. Throw the groomsmen in there as well. Get them all looking good. Get them all feeling good. Thinking about the future. I guess if they're a sample of the regular population, you got a bridal party of, say, eight people. Eh, 
two or three of them are going to look good in a couple years. To schedule a free consultation, bridalfitnesscoach.com. That's where you go, bridalfitnesscoach.com. Or you can call 415-317-6827, 415-317-6827. Bridal Fitness Coach, make a commitment. All right. Well, you'll be happy to know we're halfway through. So let me just say this about the bridal fitness. We've been doing this for a little over a year. Um, and we try to make it entertaining and everything. That's kind of the thing here is we include it into the the body of the show. But if there is anyone who's looking to uh, get into shape for realsies, uh, give Bridal Fitness Coach a call because uh, uh, the fact of the matter is they do a very good job. And they've been supporting us now for the last, you know, almost year and a half. Um, and we'd like to see them, you know, for for being supportive of us and for believing in the show being not as bad as many others, which I believe was actually in a couple of their letters of correspondence, not as bad as a lot of others or some others might have been the verbiage. Anyway, give Bridal Fitness Coach a call. All right. Now, that being said, the subject matter is a rough one here tonight. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know how it made its way into the rotation, but um, I guess we had had a conversation at one point, and San Francisco does have, its climate is very interesting. First of all, people love it here. One of the reasons why San Francisco is so expensive, not the recent reason, the recent reason is, as we know, the nerds tend to congregate. Not unlike the zombies in I Am Legend, you know, where they all gather in a circle and breathe real heavy. You know, have you seen the new Halo? But... For years and years, the reason why San Francisco was a place where people wanted to live, if you mention it, they always talk about the climate. Now, it's mild. It's temperate. But there's a, I guess you would call it a cliche at this point, microclimates. Um, and I was thinking, it doesn't take long to figure that out as a, as a resident. You know, you could live here a month and you're set. You, got your, you buy the clothes you need and you know how to work them. But for people who are visiting... Uh, very often, I see people walking around, they're just underdressed for the weather because where they started seemed fine at the time. It's not just location, but it's time as well. Different times of the day, uh, you're going to get in a certain place, you'll get different wind speeds, you get different temperatures, you'll get foggy, you'll get sunny. And so I thought we'd do, my idea was this week we would have a little discussion about the weather in San Francisco. Uh, Mark Twain, Some people, a lot of people will say, Mark Twain once said that the coldest winter I ever spent was a, was a summer in San Francisco. That's not true. Mark Twain actually did not really say that. Because if you've ever read Mark Twain, you'd know if he said it, there'd be a lot more using the N-word. But it's true. San Francisco is cool in the summertime. Now what I thought would be interesting and uh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, there's no way that could be. I thought it would be interesting to discuss why the weather was the way it was. And it has to do with uh, the geography of San Francisco. And then I'm thinking now, which probably has to, the weather has to do with geography everywhere in the world. But uh, here we are. Uh, we already cut off Mace Windu's hands. So we might as well keep going. Here's how the way it works. <laughs> I thought this would be interesting. Geography. When we're talking about San Francisco, we're talking about the ocean and the bay and the peninsula that separates them. So San Francisco is surrounded on three sides by water. Those two bodies of water have different temperatures. 
Um, there's different pressures. And in between, on the land, there's mountains. And then there's a lot of hills. San Francisco is known for its hills, but there's also mountains. These mountains are part of the Pacific Coast Range. Now, if you look at the Sierra Nevadas and the Coastal Range, they're really following parallel to the tectonic plates. So you can see how it got pushed up. The mountains we have, this is so boring. Yeah. Uh, should have talked about candy. But this is where we get the microclimate thing. So the weather, yeah, it's this is not a fun topic, and I'm, I'm going to let you guys go. But you may want to know what, you, what to do when visiting. So let's talk about what people can do when they come. When you're planning a trip to San Francisco, you'll need to get an idea of the type of weather it is for the month that you visit. So again, we had said January is the coldest month, the hottest month is September. We do get heat waves a few times throughout the year, so you'll, at that point, you can be wearing shorts and a t-shirt and, I suppose, flip-flops. But the likelihood is you're going to be caught out in the middle of things cold. Especially, you want to realize that the summertime is going to be counterintuitive. Summertime is probably when you're going to find the colder. When the things change, you'll have the wind, the fog will be coming in. A lot of people want to go out to the beach, to Ocean Beach. That's right where the fog lives. So when you do come out in the summer, make sure to bring some warm clothes. Uh, now around football season, there we get less fog, we get wind in the morning, but it gets warmer and it burns. You know, if there is any fog or any overcast, it burns off by the end. Of the day. You get a lot of sun. I see people walking around with that purple sunburn thing. I can't look at it; it hurts. That happens usually in the autumn times. So if you're coming in the autumn, be aware. You don't need to wear that giant parka that makes you look like a gynecologist for a grizzly bear. You can leave that at home, but bring sunblock. Um, you're going to get wind in the northeast corner, actually on the north end of town. Not only we have fog on the northwest, but you'll also have some wind, and it blows through in the northeast. We have the hills and the street grid, which causes you get to an intersection and there's wind blowing through there. If it's going to be raining that day, have a good umbrella because the cheap ones get torn up. Um, and then, of course, bring a sweatshirt with a windbreaker, T-shirt underneath. Um, go ahead and wear long pants. It's not the end of the world if it gets a little warm. Wear khakis. And that's the other issue is you're going to be doing a lot, a lot of walking with mentioning the hills. Ladies, forget the high heels. Bring tennis shoes. And, you know, and that, that's that's the basics. We're going to, and we'll close it up tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it another time. A little more in-depth, a little more pointers from other people. <laughs> I hope you were able to muscle through this. I don't think I'll be giving Mark Marin a run for his money anytime soon. But the idea is we'll have people back next week. So anyway, let's see how we're going to end this thing here. How do we say goodbye when there's no one here to, to thank? Well, I can thank you if you were able to muscle through this and listen to the whole thing. Or skipping around, that's fine. We don't we don't have Babette here. So we're just going to have to go ahead and uh, say goodnight. I left my heart In San Francisco All right. Well, let's start off with uh, Pete's gigs. He's got some stuff coming up. We're actually next week. We'll talk about that stuff. But remember, go to PeteFeliciano.com for weddings, other events, even guitar lessons. He really is a fantastic entertainer. You won't be sorry. Thank you to all of you listeners, not just the ones who made it through tonight, but uh, yeah, actually just the ones who made it through tonight. But all, for all of you continuing to listen, I really appreciate it. And really all we're asking for is that you tell other people about it. 
so we can get a nice uh, nice sized throng actually is what we're looking for what we'd like you to do is send some emails tell us what you're thinking we don't care if it's mean we will play with it uh, but that's at skmortonpodcast at gmail.com you can like and follow us at skmortonfunny uh, for both Instagram and Twitter and uh, remember to tell everyone about the show the website is skmorton.com remember to use the Amazon button when you're shopping and you should all be ashamed of yourselves when I come home to you San Francisco your golden sun will shine for me Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to do it again. What we have here is failure to communicate. Okie dokie. Let's see what happens. I don't know where I'm going with this. Just telling people. This guy Del Monte died and his dad had a restaurant. 4000 for a studio? Yeah, that sounds about right. Corduroy-laden bulbous hips. Wear khakis. Yeah, not, it's not grabbing me.